podcast about teaching and learning and pivoting to digital for the whole TRU community. I'm your host, Brenna Clark Gray, Coordinator of Educational Technologies, and this podcast is a project of your friends over at Learning Technology and Innovation. We're housed within open learning, but we support the whole campus community. I record this podcast in Kamloops Te Suetmuk within the unceded traditional lands of Suetmuk Ulu, where I hope to learn and grow in community with all of you. And this week's episode is a little bit of a preview or a little bit of a celebration of the upcoming Teaching Practices Colloquium. When I first arrived at TRU, I was blown away by the idea of an entire day devoted to talking about teaching and learning. This is only my second TPC, of course, but the event's been running for 17 years, and probably many of you listening have more experience with it than I do. But I wanted to take a chance today to preview what you can expect at the TPC this year. I've extended an invitation to some of the presenters to chat a little bit about their papers. So let's get into it. look at the program for the TPC this year, unsurprisingly, I see a lot of engagement with our new modes of delivery of what it's been like to transition, whether that process has been easy or difficult or complicated or infuriating. It looks like there's going to be a lot of really interesting, nuanced and thoughtful discussion of the way we teach and learn online. I'm really excited to see it. I think we all know that teaching and learning online isn't going to go away. As we've talked about on the show, even when we do return to campus, I think we're going to see a lot more hybrid um, and blended learning opportunities than we've engaged with before, especially at this campus where that's always been kind of a complicated issue. I'm excited to see so much critical engagement and so many great strategies being shared From every discipline, I can see papers about how to teach and learn online in accounting and in STEM. I can see discussions about co-teaching and how do we do faculty development online and everything in between. I'm particularly excited about the keynote speakers, um, Bonnie Stewart and Dave Cormier. I know them only from Twitter, but enjoy them very much. And they're going to be talking about the challenges and possibilities of online learning. They are going to talk about a lot of the things we actually talk about on this show, like how the crisis of the pandemic and the political situation that we're all living in play into the kinds of choices that get made about teaching and learning online. They're going to ask you to think about what the university should look like after 2021, which, you know, we talk about here and also in the Digital Detox. So I'm excited to have two brilliant voices come in to join that conversation. I don't know if I've said yet, but the TPC is tomorrow. (laughs) It's February 16th, if you didn't know. And uh, the keynote is at 9am. So it's a great way to kick off your day and get yourself energized for everything that's going on. I want to stop for a minute and think about how important it is that we have this space at TRU to have big conversations about teaching and learning and to share our perspectives. I often describe teaching as this very strange dance of the public and the private, right? Um, In a very real way, teaching is a public act. You have a classroom in front of you. Those are people, right? Sometimes we forget that, but they are in fact people. So there's a public performance aspect to teaching, of course. But teaching is also intensely 
private in that I think many of us can feel quite vulnerable about the choices that we make in the classroom for all sorts of reasons. I used to work on a campus that had like a doors open program where you could go and watch other people teach. And very few people were willing to open their doors to others. It's very, well, I already said vulnerable, but scary. Our teaching says so much about who we are as people and to share it with others is a, is a real act of trust. And so I think it's fantastic that here at TRU, we have this opportunity to celebrate our own teaching and the teaching of our colleagues and to learn from each other. It's not common. If you haven't spent a lot of time recently in other institutions, the conversations about teaching and learning are getting thinner and thinner on the ground, even at teaching-centered institutions. And so the TPC, I think, is something to celebrate. To that end, I sent out a little bit of a request this week to the presenters list for TPC and asked if anybody wanted to share a one or two minute introduction to their work to share with us what they were doing and what they were hoping people would get out of their presentations at TPC. I got a few and I'm really excited to share them with you. Um, I'm hoping it'll get you excited for tomorrow and help you flesh out your calendar. In the spirit of do as I do, and not just as I say. <laughs> I thought I should share what I'm talking about at the TPC tomorrow. I'm giving two papers. Um, well, I hope they're more like conversations than papers, but I'm doing two um, at one o'clock and then again at 1.50. So it, that's a lot of me. I would pick one of the sessions if you're going to come. <laughs> I would not sit through like two solid hours of me. That seems excessive. Um, my first paper, um, The University Cannot Love You, Gendered Labor, Burnout, and the COVID-19 Pivot to Digital. It's part of a larger piece that I'm writing for a feminist digital pedagogy collection. I'm really thinking about the idea of labor and burnout and who takes on care labor in the institution and what that begins to look like when care labor becomes such a central part of the day-to-day -day work because of the whole part where we're in a pandemic. <laughs> so I'm very interested in this idea of moral stress, of the kind of challenge that we face when we're asked to do something that maybe doesn't align with our values, and how that works within the institution, and how that powers burnout. So that's my first paper, super cheerful, definitely a crowd pleaser. <laughs> And my second paper, because everybody knows I'm fun at parties, um, is called Ethics, EdTech, and the Rise of Contract Cheating. And this presentation grows out of a chapter I wrote for a book, uh, Academic Integrity in Canada. And it's all about how contract cheating, I think, is less related to students being nefarious and more related to data practice and the way we treat students data and the way we structure the university to make moving through course material feel kind of like a game. Um, so it's all about academic integrity, particularly this idea of contract cheating where students buy their essays or their exam responses from others and how that integrates with structures like the learning management system, particularly when we're teaching and learning in a fully online context. So yay, everybody likes to talk about academic integrity, right? <laughs> I realize that um, there are some really aspirational and hopeful papers on the 
schedule for the TPC. There's all kinds of stuff around anti-racism and how to engage our students and resiliency and success and decolonizing our classrooms and collaboration and success in a really complicated setting. And then I'm going to talk to you about burnout and cheating. (laughs) Uh, Oh, well, I try. Um, Since I'm being a Debbie Downer, maybe we'll segue and we'll take a look at what other folks are bringing to the table on Tuesday. So maybe you can plan a more cheerful or interesting day (laughs) than what I'm offering. bit of a different modality for today's episode. Uh, Instead of a long-form interview or instead of inviting all the speakers into chat, that seemed like it would get unwieldy, I've invited presenters to send me one to two minutes of audio explaining what their paper is about. And uh, so I'm going to segue into that now. Um, So you'll hear a bunch of different voices. Folks will be introducing themselves and their papers. So I'm going to let the speakers take it from here. First up is Sheila Blackstock. Wait to wait that, Amasaw. I'm so pleased to be presenting Coming to the Fire, Tinder, Kindling, and Sparks. Just to acknowledge that we all come from different backgrounds and we're coming to a common fire to talk about uh, challenging issues such as the report in plain sight. This uh, presentation brings participants through the process that students went through using fire as a common ground to unpack and to discuss racism, stereotypes, implicit biases, and how they can bring a new understanding and a decolonizing approach to nursing and healthcare through working in partnerships with communities. So I hope to see you then. Take care. Sheila's presentation will be shared asynchronously, so you can catch it anytime after five o'clock on Tuesday. Next up is Melba D'Souza. In an ever-growing complex healthcare field, clinical mentorship supports registered nurses in their clinical practice. Clinical mentorship helps nurses to be engaged in the profession and strengthen their clinical practice to gaining confidence with the skills and competencies. Clinical mentorship enables nurses to gain a sense of belongingness and security in professional nursing practice. As a strategy of continuous support and guidance, Clinical mentorship is widely used in all areas of nursing, such as clinical practice, leadership and academia. In this presentation, we will report the findings on clinical peer mentorship in professional nursing educational practice for building resilience and sustainability in Canada. Clinical peer mentorship has many benefits, including recruitment and retention of staff, improving job satisfaction, improving productivity in research, and promoting clinical-based Care. Mentorship in professional nursing is a planned activity and organizations have to plan, select appropriate mentors and guide the mentorship process for building resilience. Provisions are to be made for a periodic meeting of mentees with mentors for building resilience and sustainability. Wisdom of experienced nurses should be transferred to novice nurses through clinical mentorship. This will also help experienced nurse educators to feel valued. Faculty and nurse educators need protected time and a schedule to have a regular meeting of mentors with mentees for building resilience and sustainability. Different clinical peer mentoring models such as diet, 
peer mentorship, group mentorship, constellation mentoring model, distance mentoring models, and learning partnership models are highly relevant mentoring models available for building resilience and sustainability. Thank you. Melba's paper will be on Tuesday. You know, I can probably stop saying that. They're all on Tuesday. <laughs> Melba's paper will be at 10.50 a.m. Next up is Georgian Cope-Watson. Hi, everyone. It's Georgian Cope-Watson here, and this is my mini-podcast inviting you to my TPC presentation on Tuesday at 1.50 p.m. entitled, What a Surprise! Challenges of Alternate Delivery Modes in Graduate Education. As a very experienced online instructor, actually since the early 2000s, I was so surprised when it came to the alternate delivery mode and the challenges I encountered engaging students in the synchronous part of the class. So staring at 20 students in their little uh, Brady Bunch kind of boxes and then engaging them for an hour and a half to two hours every week was a real challenge for me. And this surprised me because I always identify as a very experienced and strong online teacher who is able to take the theory of online teaching and learning into my practice. However, most of the courses I teach online are uh, developed by a, con a subject matter expert, an instructional designer, and an IT department, so, and, and delivered asynchronously. So it was, uh, it, it was really discouraging and of course somewhat frustrating because of the technology. And so I decided I really had to engage in a self-study to um, address my issues. And uh, I hope you join me. I want to share some of the strategies I'm working on and also share one of the tools, the Padlet, which I have been, which I have found very successful in engaging students online. So hope to see you all Tuesday. Again, it's Georgianne Cope-Watson and my study is called What a Surprise, Challenges of Alternate Delivery Modes in Graduate Education at 1.50 p.m. Georgian doesn't even need me as a DJ. Like, she's just got this. <laughs> Next up, we have Matthew Stranick, also known as my co-coordinator in crime. Hello, my name is Matthew Stranick, and I'm coordinator of educational technologies with the Learning Design and Innovations Group. And I'm going to be presenting with my colleagues, Melissa Jakubik, Michelle Harrison, and Marie Bartlett, who are instructional designers with LDI. And the name of our presentation is Teaching and Learning Without Walls, Putting Learners at the Center in Unprecedented Times. And in this presentation, we are hoping to provide an overview of some new resources which we've developed to support both educators and students in light of the transition to virtual, remote, and online modes of delivery uh, since the pandemic began. So uh, we'll be doing uh, a bit of sharing uh, on Michelle and Melissa's e-text, Teaching Without Walls at TRU, a practical guide with tools, tips, and techniques. And this text is available uh, as a downloadable open educational resource. So uh, we'll be sort of going through that and discussing what went into, a bit about what went into the development and how this can be used by teachers to 
you know, uh, help uh, feel confident and uh, enliven their uh, remote and virtual delivery. And uh, we'll also be talking about a resource which Marie and I have been uh, involved in, uh, the Learning Without Walls set of resources that are available both as WordPress uh, website and as uh, a Moodle uh, learning environment. And uh, the resources that have been developed there, including the support for technology, as well as bringing in material from uh, other partners and other institutions uh, about uh, how to succeed in this kind of uh, learning environment. Uh, and we'll also be discussing uh, a, uh, just how these resources go together and uh, what the future use might be as we move into a potentially uh, post-pandemic context. So uh, we're looking forward to seeing you. We hope you can join us. Matthew, along with Melissa, Michelle, and Marie, will be presenting at 1 p.m. Next up is Ted Howe. Good morning. This is Ted Howe from the School of Education. My TPC presentation will be done with my co-author, Georgianne Cope-Watson, and it's entitled S-Step 2.0, Finding Our Way, Teaching in Alternate Modes of Delivery. S-STEP stands for Self-Study of Teaching and Teacher Education Practices. And our S-STEP involves uh, a very detailed reflection on my teaching with the help of Georgianne as a critical friend. We will be describing and building on last year's TPC, which highlighted my use of educational chronicles and an activity I call the TRU Rivers Activity as well as alternate modes of delivery, including the use of Google Docs, Padlet, and Slido. I hope to have a very interactive uh, session, and I will um, move to try to answer some of the research questions posed. So how will I be able to do the learning activities I normally do in the classroom online, including individual work, group activities, debates, and whole class discussions? And how will I be able to pivot my signature lessons to the alternate delivery model. So I look forward to our session on Tuesday at 11.40. We'll see you then. Also presenting in that same time slot, you know it's a good day when the presentations are stacked like this, is Christina Cedarloff. Hi everyone, this is Christina Cedarloff. Thank you, Brenna, for inviting us to talk about our session at the TPC. Our session is at 11.40 a.m. and is entitled, It Takes a Village building faculty connections to support student learning in the Education and Skills Training ESTER program during COVID-19. The session is about how by participating in Carolyn Ives' Facilitating Learning in Moodle or FLIM course, Brenna, your digital summer camp, together with working with Matthew Stranick, I was able to envision how I was going to teach a program that at its center involves developing practical skills for employment. To do this, the students did a series of at-home practicum weeks where each student prepared a practicum proposal and then saw through their plans to develop employment-related skills in their COVID-safe bubble. In early October, Melissa Svensson joined my class as our librarian to engage in research that informed the students' skill development. We will also talk about how our work continues in the winter semester as the students explore course topics and apply the information search skills developed in the fall. The students are also working to showcase their skill development in their ePortfolios in WordPress. 
and I'm hoping to capture this journey in this little project. So please join us at 11.40am on Tuesday to hear about how the incredible work that went into supporting the COVID-19 Pivot to Online is having a positive effect this year and likely for years to come. Aw, you'll make me blush, Christina. Our next colleague to speak is Jane Steiger. Hello, I'm Jane Steiger from the recently renamed English Language Learning and Teaching Department. Have you been considering doing a research project but aren't sure if now, right when we're in the middle of the pandemic, is the right time? Or perhaps you're one of the ambitious academics who wouldn't let a little global catastrophe get in the way of their research. Join my session entitled Rolling with the Punches and find out how I was able to continue my research project in spite of the added challenges COVID-19 inflicted on us. During this session, you'll not only hear about the challenges I faced and how I mitigated them, but you'll also have an opportunity to hear from others and to share your own experience. Together, I hope we can inspire one another to not only roll with the punches, but to thrive. Jane's session is at 2.50, and I wonder if it can dig me out of the massive hole I am in with every editor I have ever crossed paths with. <laughs> Last but not least, and I think when you hear it, you'll know why I saved him for the end, is Trent Tucker. Hey there! Are you looking to add a little zip to your Zoom? A little panache to your presentation? A little video creativity to your class? Well, come check out my asynchronous presentation called Incorporating OBS into your Teach From Home Workflow. Join me, Trent Tucker, from the School of Business Economics as I walk through a quick setup of open broadcaster software and a few use cases you may find useful in your class. It's free, it's easy, it's fun. It's incorporating OBS into your Teach From Home Workflow. Thanks. How we haven't yet lost Trent to talk radio is beyond me. Uh, Trend session is asynchronous, which means you can connect with it anytime after five on Tuesday. I owe a big thank you to all the presenters who were good sports enough to send along their audio. Many of you stepped outside of your t comfort zone to do that, and I'm grateful. Thanks for giving me the chance to celebrate your work and the work of your colleagues. Please do go and check out the TPC tomorrow. You won't regret it. I know that sometimes it can feel like the last thing we want to do right now is sit in a session and look at a screen. We do it so much. But I, I really believe that days like the TPC are there to fill up our cups and remind us of why we got into this whole thing in the first place. Like, ostensibly, we like it, right? <laughs> right? I'm sure that's true. So that is it for episode 21 of You Got This. As always, if you want to write to us, you can email me. I'm bgray at tru.ca. I'm also on Twitter at Brenna C. Gray. And in both cases, that's gray with an A. All of our show notes and transcripts are posted at yougotthis.truebox.ca. And of course, you can always comment on individual episodes there. I'm going to leave you today with a tiny teaching tip. And my tiny teaching tip for this week is rest. I think this has been my tip before. I'm sure someday it will be my tip again. But y'all, it is reading break. And I know that the university in its inimitable wisdom decided to fill Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday with sessions galore for professional development. Those things are important. They really are. But so too is rest. 
Carve some time out this week to get away from your screens and do something you love. I'm not going to tell you to go for a hike. You may not enjoy hiking, and I do not enjoy being outside in minus 20 weather, although I hear it's going to be nicer this week, and I so hope that is true. But find some time to get away from your screen. Play with your pets, play with your kiddo, bake something, cook something, eat something delicious, sit in a chair and read a book made of actual paper, whatever it is, do it for you and take the time to rest this week. This term is a marathon. We have a long way to go, miles to go before we rest, as Robert Frost would say. And so I really want you to carve out some time this week to rest. And at the same time, recognize the need for rest in your students. I hope that you've extended some grace this week to allow students to take the reading break and really rest. But if not, maybe think about how you might do that when we return. In the spirit of rest and in the spirit of modeling good practice, there won't be a podcast next week. I'm going to actually take the Thursday and Friday that are vacation days per the collective agreement, and I'm going to not madly try to put together a podcast. I'm going to not spend Saturday mixing the podcast, and I'm not going to spend Sunday editing the transcript. So next week, You Got This takes a little hiatus. We will be back for sure with a new episode on the 1st of March. I hope you take me seriously. I hope you get some rest. And I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.